from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode one, two, three. Episode Maker. This episode is brought to you by Casper and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing a, doing better. Yeah. Good. That's always good to hear. Mr. Stephen Hackett, welcome to the show. Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I didn't realize until I started talking that this is one, two, three. So oh. this is one, two, three oh. episode maker. That's what this that's what this show is all about. This is your, your branded episode, Mike. This is oh. the show. I've been waiting for this one. Uh first of this is the this is the year of the one two three brand, twenty seventeen. If you thought twenty sixteen was big for the one two three brand, wait until you see uh what twenty seventeen is gonna bring. You were put on this planet, Mike, for this very episode, so try not to blow it. If okay. You can. Wow. This wow. Is your, this is your moment, Mike. This is this is my time to shine. Yes. Are you yes. gonna take it all the way to four for twenty seventeen? I hadn't even thought of that. You could just you could go up. It's good. Okay, so we're going to do some follow-up, mm-hmm. and uh, M.T. Walker on Twitter has sent us a link to uh, an episode of The Prompt, which is the show people may not be familiar. The, Prom- the Prompt was the show we did before Connected. Uh, this is episode 10. The date is August 21st, 2013. And uh, in this um, episode, uh, we were talking about gaming on the iPad, and I say that I would really like Super Mario on the iPad, and the two of you really shoot me down. Shoot me down real hard over it. Yep, and I will continue to, because what you were looking for is not what we have, and I stand by my original statement that Super Mario on the iPad, classic Super Mario, which is what you were talking about, wouldn't work. So I, I I stand by my original statement. The Mario game that we were talking about back then in episode X of the prompt is not mm. is not what we have. So yeah, also, it's not me on that show. You can you can uh, listen to the voice is clearly different. There must be an imposter or something. Someone you 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 called as a as a uh, you know as a guest. I guess it's not me. Definitely not me. Um, so mm. I'm not apologizing for anything, Stephen. While I will, I will, I will bend. I will bend on one thing here, which is that. We, me and Federico are also like incredulous in the fact that it would never happen. And I think that when I said that it would, I think I said that it wouldn't be a good game, like it wouldn't work. And I'm referring to old Mario. But I think me and Federico both say something along the lines of it would never happen. As mm-hmm. in Nintendo would never make a Mario game for iOS. Right. And yeah. so I will say on that part that we were incorrect. Um, but I stand by my original statement of traditional Mario would not work because mm. you need buttons, which is what I said at the time. And like, and I still stand by that. Like, which is why I think Nintendo went the route that they did with like just Super Mario One being the single tap, because I, there are so many like really good looking um, platformer games on iOS, but I just can't play any of them because I hate those like on screen D pads and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're no good. I just I really so many. Like so many things have changed in the nearly four years, uh, especially for Nintendo. I mean, the the Wii U had just come out, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the fall before uh, the uh, episode. Of Which the you think, like at that time, was the follow up to one of the most successful games consoles of all exactly. Time. And and we were all waiting for Nintendo to take on Sony and Microsoft again, 
And I, I guess it was normal to say Nintendo's never going to do an iPhone game uh, just because it made no sense at the time, which is, uh, I, guess, I guess it's a lesson to be learned about, you know, never say never, which is totally, you know, uh, it, it sounds so obvious, but in, in hindsight, uh, we we got that aspect wrong because so many things have changed. The mm-hmm. Wii U didn't, didn't do well. And of course, now Nintendo is doing not just Mario, but a whole family of iOS games. Yep. So... Yeah. Also, we sound horrific in this episode. Yeah. Once we, again, we, it's not me. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just commenting on another person's uh, opinions here. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so bad. Interesting. Uh, so we wanted to, I think, quickly talk about AirPods. They've been out a couple of weeks now. We've all had ours. Uh, we got them right, uh, like right around the time of the last episode. But the last episode was dedicated to putting 2016 in the ground. Um, I would say for me, quickly, like super too big thumbs up. Um, the AirPods, for me at least, are comfortable. They sound good. They they work as advertised. The Bluetooth range is like hard to believe. So uh, at, at my house, I can if I leave my phone in the kitchen and walk to our like our master bedroom, my Apple Watch and phone will will disconnect. But the AirPods show like no struggle mm. whatsoever mm. to stay connected. It's really impressive. Um, and I wanted to, to point people, if you haven't seen it, uh, someone named Casey, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, L-I-S-S. Casey, I, I, think it's, it's, I think it's French, it's Lisset. Oh, okay. okay. So, so uh, thank you, yeah. European. Casey Lisset uh, wrote a really nice post about AirPods and just like painted this little scene of him and his wife uh, watching something when their kids slept. It's a really nice post. And it's something that um, I, think, I think a lot of us feel really good about this product because it, it sort of rekindles... Like some of the magic of, of Apple hardware in the past, like when I when I look at the AirPods and when I fiddle with the case, like it brings me the same kind of like tactile happiness that some of the old iPods brought me. Yeah, and uh, I think it's cool. So I'm I'm a big fan. Um, now, Mike, I know you you traveled with them recently. How did that go? Kind of as I expected, mostly. Um, the good parts is that they are very simple. They use they work so well, right? You know. Like you just pop them in and it's connected and you're just ready to go. Um, the box and you know the little case or whatever you'd call them in, like in the battery, that's also really small, really light, which is fine. The, the I find the AirPods to be comfortable. Um, I found the earpods to be comfortable, right? Like I feel that that is a, a good thing to mention that everything was fine for me there. Um, so these are even better because they're so light, right? There's this kind of it feels like nothing. Uh, the battery life was fantastic. Um, I had absolutely no issues uh, i charged them before i left for uh i took two transatlantic flights and used the airpods on both flights i didn't charge it any more than that um, and i still had battery life when i came home so the battery is fantastic the problem with air travel is exactly what i expected the two two kind of things um there are times where they're not loud enough uh, when we were coming into land um, in New York, they, it was it was much it was far too loud. Uh, the plane was far too loud, and I couldn't hear the movie that I was watching. Um, and they're also like the the fiddliness of them can be an issue. Like getting them in and out of the case. Like at one point, like I, I took one out of the case, and it kind of slipped out of my hand, and I just caught it in time. Because um, mm. one place that you don't want to drop your AirPods is on an airplane. 
because they yeah. get in between those seats and you can kind of lose them forever. Including one moment where Adina, where me and Adina were talking about them and she wanted to try them and I gave it to her and she immediately dropped it down in between the two seats. Immediately. Like, we, it, we as we were talking about it um, and she was able to fish it out, which was great. But that is a, a concern, I think, when using these things is that they are so light and so small that they can be a bit unpredictable in that way. Uh, but I feel like this is one thing that we'll just get used to over time um, and we'll just be able to maybe, you know, at least I found myself on the flight home just being cautious in different ways, like not to the point where it was making things difficult, but just like when I got up to use the bathroom, I just took them out of my ears and put them immediately in the case. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like maybe what I would have done in the past, which is just leave my headphones on or just, just throw them onto the seat when I got up or something. Right. You could just uh, tape them to your ears and then stay put. Yeah, I'll get a big rubber band, put them around my head. Perfect. It's all good. It's really stylish. I've also been traveling with the AirPods. I haven't been on a plane. I've been on a train. Um, And I just love them so much. I think they're, they they must be my favorite Apple purchasing ears, maybe. Even more than the than the new iPhone or the new watch, just because they feel so new and so different. Yeah, like those products, the the watch and the phone, they're just iterative. They didn't give you anything like completely new in the way that the AirPods did. Exactly, because even the first watch, it was a new product from Apple, but it was a watch. It was a, like a digital version of a pre-existing item in the human history. Whereas the AirPods, I know that similar uh, earbuds exist but it's still very early and apple is already in this game of totally wireless earbuds and they've been working great for me like you said my great battery life uh, i think the case um, the system is genius the way that you flip it open and you see the light and if it's green they're charged if it's charging they're or uh, the light is orange i think it's great the you know good audio quality um I've been using it on a train, and I love how um, when when you take one AirPod out of your ear, the music stops playing. Yep. But I've also noticed that uh, that I've been keeping the AirPods. Um, I've been wearing the AirPods when I'm at home, um, and doing so, I use Siri a lot more, just because it's so much easier and so more, so much more accurate than using Siri on the iPhone because you have these two microphones basically around your mouth. And so the, the recognition is much better. And also it's just convenient to double tap the AirPods and ask stuff to Siri. Uh, so you have double tap for that then? Yes. I, I changed yes. it to pause because that is something I want to do more. I would like to have separate gestures for each AirPod. Yeah. So like the left one is pause and the right one is Siri. I guess that will come in the future. Um, and I have some minor complaints or maybe like little nitpicks. Uh, the case is kind of hard to clean and it's a little bit of a lint magnet. I've got so much in mind. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like in, in the seams and like in yes. the mech- mag- magnetic mechanism, like at the back. And yeah, it's terrible. But I guess that's to be expected if you want, you know, this little <laughs> toy that, that you lives carry in around. your pocket constantly, that, right? Like exactly. Makes sense. That's... That's to be expected, and but I wish there was a there was a black version of oh, the AirPods. I never knew how much I wanted this until you just said it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. I would way prefer a black version of these than a white yeah. version of these. There are some concepts uh, around, and 
even just looking at the Photoshop, it looks terrific. And I and I feel like the black glossy version would uh, alleviate a lot of the problems with the uh, with the lint and with the you know the fact that it lives in your pocket. Uh, but still, I'll take the white model over no model at all. Um, and I, and I and I also noticed that um, again, it's not just uh, music because once you once you have Siri in your ear, you can do a, a lot more things. And there's an article uh, by Ben Bajarin at uh, Tech Pinions about this. It's a very good piece about how the AirPods unlock a whole new layer of Siri interaction, which makes me wonder if this is another incentive for Apple to expand Siri even more. Because imagine if, you know, right now, for example, you can ask the AirPods to play Apple Music and to send payments with PayPal and Venmo, uh, which I did today. Um, Mike knows about it. Um, so you, you you have these limited domains. For example, you can start a workout with the AirPods. But I wonder, imagine if you could do a lot more things like listen to podcasts uh, with Siri and the AirPods or uh, add stuff to your task manager or to your calendar app. Uh, you know, there's a... Even we were talking about, you know, Apple needs to, to have more SiriKit domains for developers. And now with the AirPods, I feel like that's even a stronger argument in favor of... Apple needs to expand Siri even more because now with the AirPods, it's the perfect combination of the two. Yeah, I, I, this, that's a really good point. One of my favorite things, um, you're talking about like the way that you mentioned like podcasts and stuff, but it's like a slight aside. Like I'm listening to a show on the speaker of my iPhone and then I'm going to leave the house and I put the AirPods in and it changes. Yes. I, it's, just, it's just little things like that which just make this... It feels like a typically apple thought out product and i think it's because it's not as complex as an iphone or a mac right like it is as complex as an ipod you know it is yeah. it is focused it is a simple idea so you can completely polish the execution of it because there are less dependencies there are less things that can go wrong so it's like if, i think the reason we're all feeling so like happy about this is because there's some nostalgia to it because it reminds us of the products that originally got us interested in apple at least especially for me and federico you know like like the ipod stuff and like the first iphone it's like it's just this thing that they could chisel away at and polish until it was perfect and i think they, they were able to release that product um and it's it really is just just brilliant it really is just brilliant and this is such a great starting point for what I think will be a really great line of products into the future. There is one thing that, that AirPods are missing, which is a way to find them if you lose them. And there is an application <laughs> that I saw today, uh, a couple of people linking it on Twitter, which I don't understand how it exists. It's called Find Your AirPods. And it is an application that you launch it and basically you can use it to locate AirPods that you may have missed placed around the house so or anywhere really so i tried it at home i took one of my airpods out of the case and put it in a place in my house i opened the application and then it does like a basically a hot or cold you know like hotter colder as you get closer and further away from it um and it worked um i don't do you guys know how this is working like how is it doing this it uses uh bluetooth proximity um, there's a bunch of apps that actually do this. Um, you can you can find uh, Fitbit finders, for example, mm-hmm. or just other Bluetooth finder types of apps right. that use the 
the uh, the strength of the Bluetooth signal to basically uh, put together this kind of experience. And I bought the app this morning, and it's kind of shady, I think, because it uses artwork from the Apple website, like mm-hmm. the the AirPods <laughs> animation is straight up from the Apple.com website. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, look, if you're gonna do it, you know you got to get it right. Yes, but I mean, it it did work as expected. So I don't know if Apple wants this kind of app on the App Store. That's I don't why know I, one even... of the reasons I bought it immediately. Yes, yes, it's. I think it's gonna be removed, uh, yeah. especially because of the deliberate use of Apple trademarks. Um, but yeah, it it does work as expected. So if you're listening now, uh, oh, try this the, developer try the link. <laughs> just makes this is what they make, like yes. finders for Bluetooth things. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why they model. didn't go with their current branding and just like because like they have a branding scheme for their applications, but they changed it for the AirPods one. Hmm. Like everything kind of looks the same, but they changed it for this one anyway. But maybe, like maybe to get covered on a popular Apple podcast, probably. Uh. <laughs> I, I wish I because I mean, the thing is like yeah, I agree. It's like it's a little weird and it's not like super simple, but it's something because otherwise there's nothing. Like if I dropped yeah. one or like lost one even at home. Like, there's no way to find it other than just finding it, right? Like, there's there's no find my AirPods. Yeah, it is something that uh, uh, is a curious omission, and maybe it's because Apple wanted to keep it simple. But I would, I would not mind uh, seeing iOS, you know, gain this feature at some point where it basically is doing what this what this third party uh, app is doing. Mm-hmm. Just because they are so small and, you know, they're expensive. And if you lose one, you can get just one replacement through Apple Care, but it's still, you know, still a chunk of change. So um, I got the app too, really just because uh, I think it, it may go away and I wanted to make sure I had access to it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's something that Apple could add at some point. I think it would be welcome because most people are never going to know about this app or download it or, you know, I think it was like three bucks and never going to pay for it. Nope. Um, but having it built into iOS seems like a pretty natural extension of what they're already doing. Yeah, especially when there seems to be some like rudimentary support for something like this. Like it works well enough, right? That that you could do it. And may- sure. Maybe that's Apple's problem is that it's not like as precise. Um, but I hope that we can see something in the future, some kind of tracking via Bluetooth. You know, there mm. are products on the market that do this type of stuff, right? Like those little tracking devices that you can get. Yeah, just the, like the problem is the AirPod. The AirPod is just so small, right? Like you, you don't yeah. just like a tile reader on, on an AirPod. That would look mm-hmm. hilarious. So there was a little story going around uh, right before the new year about uh, 10.3. And, and we should say that if, if this year is like last year, we will see 10.3, at least a preview of it, probably here in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9.3 was right after the new year. Uh, last year, and this uh, this article is interesting. Over on Mac Rumors, talking about uh, a new theater mode. Um, there's uh, Sonny uh, Dickinson who um, has been accurate in the past with some rumors, uh, saying that a 10.3 will include a new theater mode uh, and gain a popcorn shaped icon and control center, which just really cracks me up. It doesn't make any um, sense to me. Like I don't even know what it means. <laughs> yeah, so that so that's my problem with this. And maybe he doesn't know. Maybe it's all he knows, or he can share. Um, when I first read this, I was like, oh, they're going to do a dark mode. And like a theater mode is like the perfect Apple product marketing name for a uh, dark mode. But a, like those, those names don't leak very often. Um, and I think the more I think about it, this is all just very strange. And I really don't know, I really don't know what to make of it. 
down in the comments and there was some debate online and Reddit and stuff about like, well, maybe it's, um, maybe it's not dark mode. Maybe it's something that, you know, forces your phone to like a real low brightness mode and, you know, make sure that it's in like a do not disturb like thing. But why the popcorn? Well, because it's a theater mode. You go into a movie and they say, put your phone in theater mode and you just hit the popcorn because you hit the well, movie. Why, why not just don't use your phone at the, at the movies? Because people are inconsiderate. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes sense as like a control center I agree. shortcut. I agree. I, I think that's super valuable real estate. And I think if they're going to do a dark mode and that's what this is, then, hey, that's cool. I don't really buy it. I don't really believe that yet, but it seems strange. I don't know. Yes. I bring it up because the whole story is super weird and like maybe this dude is right. It'll be a popcorn button in all of our control center. I really <laughs> don't see that. Like can out. you imagine there being a dedicated shortcut for a mode for your phone to put in the to when you go into a theater, but not <laughs> for very bat, specific. not for the power saving mode? That's very specific and like I I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe what I can buy is uh, there's going to be iOS 10.3. It's going to add uh, customization to Control Center. And now you can uh, swap any of the toggles. And by the way, you can also put this new popcorn icon. Now that I can get behind. Yeah. That the, that yeah. the whole Control Center is becoming customizable. And there's also this new mode. That I understand. But to have the same Control Center with the same static layout and the popcorn button just you know just because you're going to the movies it mm-hmm. makes little sense to me honestly but a popcorn button would be so much fun no i agree with you this this thing is strange it would be fun it would be fun uh, but for what it's worth i i continue to hear uh as we discussed last year that 10.3 is gonna have major ipad features um i don't know the extent of the major uh qualifier but uh I, i'm i'm very i'm optimistic about you know seeing stuff that we didn't see for the ipad back in june at wwdc and i think it's gonna be fun um and, and again as we discussed i think on the last episode i don't know what the timeline is gonna be in terms of we're gonna get a beta then we're gonna get new ipads in march maybe april we don't know but i think it's gonna be fun if you're uh, an ipad user which again puts me in the in the scenario of should I put the beta on my work device or not? Should I put on the on the second iPad? But the problem is now Sylvia is using the second iPad, so maybe I need a third iPad. Yeah, which, there it is. Uh, no, no, Mike, I don't. No, 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 I don't. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, Mike, you were just waiting for for that. Oh, oh yeah, I'll be getting a third iPad, I'm sure, in uh, wow. maybe a third and a fourth. Who knows? In March, if they update the line, you guys are just going uh, going all in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think that the pattern set last year, I think that makes a ton of sense. We, we covered this last year, but having, you know, there's, there's a lot to do with iOS uh, to get that fall release ready. And the iPad gets all that stuff for free. And if the iPad is going to continue to be their force for like the future of computing, which I don't see changing, then it deserves more attention than just getting whatever the iPhone gets. And I think the spring time frame makes a ton of sense. Uh, they're pushing these things in education. They're pushing these things all over the place. Having it separate from the iPhone cycle is critical. Even for people like us who, you know, upgrade, if not every year, every couple of years, it just makes it a little bit easier. So you're not buying a phone and a tablet in the fall. Uh, so I'm a big fan of what they did last year with 9.3 in the spring release. And I really hope that that's the pattern from here on out. It'd be a pretty big teach you was right moment. 
Yeah, let's hope so. Oh, what what happens if I'm right? Do you do you buy me a present, for example? Mm, I'll buy mm. you an iPad. Okay. No, people, you, you listen to what Mike said. Oh, he's gonna buy me an iPad. Mm-hmm. So, wow. can I? Do I get to choose the model? No. Oh, so you're, you're gonna get gonna a 16 guess. gigabyte mini. Too. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. At least it's got a Retina display. Hey, Mike, I can sell you a uh, original iPad if you want on the cheap and give it to him. Yep. <laughs> we can totally do that. Everybody, just send me their iPads, and I'm gonna send them to Federico. Like all the iPads. Yeah, this you don't is want. the worst bet I've ever participated in. You should have it's stipulated terrible. terms quicker. No, no, it's ter- it. just yeah, terrible. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. This week's episode is brought to you by Casper, the company focused on sleep that has gone ahead and created the perfect mattress that it sells directly to you, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Um, I was in New York last week and I was walking down the street and I saw a mattress showroom, which is something I've not seen in a long time. Uh, I don't really see any here in the UK. And I saw it and it really made me laugh. Like they had like their prices on the windows and they were doing a big sale and they were still super expensive. And it was just, it was the realization of the thing that I talk about, like these, these mattress showrooms. And it was just, it was just really funny to me. Like the idea of going in there and sitting on this mattress and then deciding if I want to buy the mattress when I think about like the way that Casper does it and how differently they do it. It was just like a really funny moment because Casper is all about giving you the ability to try out the mattresses. So when you buy a mattress from Casper, it's completely risk-free. So you pick the mattress that you want, they'll ship it to you for free. And then if you don't like it, they'll take it away from you for free. They do free returns. They come and pick it up. In the US and Canada, they do free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. So you don't just have it sent to home, sit on it for a day and see if you like it. You get 100 nights to sleep on it, to live with it, to see if it's the thing that you want. Like if you don't love it, they'll pick it up from you and they'll refund you everything, no questions asked. This is because they understand the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit to it, especially because you're going to spend an incredible amount of time in your life on it. Casper's award-winning mattress was developed in-house. It has a sleek design and it's delivered in an impossibly small box. And in addition to this mattress, Casper now offers pillows, adaptive pillows, and soft breathable sheets as well. Casper's mattress was spent it was engineered for thousands of hours. They have so many people working on this, developing that mattress. It is made of supportive memory foam. It's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. And its breathable design helps to regulate your temperature throughout the night. Casper makes quality mattresses at great prices, and they are made in America. And you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com connected and using the code connected at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show so we have licensed the drafting technology from jason snell and we are going to do an apple predictions draft for 2017 we have three rounds we're going to go round robin style who is going to go first me me all right federico is going to go first what we're going to do is we're each going to get um, a pick that we're going to have over three rounds of the predictions that we want. No predictions can be reused, and then we will be held to these predictions as the year goes through. And then I have now decided that there will be a predictions champion uh, by the end of the year. Wow. Okay. If uh, you're going to do this, you may as well have a winner. 
Um, yes. That is what made the drafts, the, the, the event drafts for me and Jason really fun when we decided that there would be a winner at the end of it. So, uh, Federico, you are first up. What is your first... Oh, by the way, and this is an extra rule, we decided that we couldn't go for super simple things like Apple will release an iPhone. <laughs> it's got to oh, no. be sp- specific in some Mine way. are very specific. Specific is great. Specificity is king Spec- in predictions drafting. So, it's- Federico, please... Go ahead with the first prediction for 2017. Okay. My first prediction is, following the success of the Amazon Echo and Alexa, I'm not going to say that Apple is going to make a speaker, but I'm going to say we will see Siri on the iPhone and the iPad, and especially on the iPhone, I think, gain more verbal spoken responses. It's... Basically, I think Siri is going to talk more, mm-hmm. even more than it talks now when activated via voice. So right now in iOS 10, Siri changes whether you activate it via voice or with the home button. But it basically shows you more interface elements on the screen when you're holding the phone, and it speaks more when you're also speaking to Siri, because it it assumes you're not touching the phone, therefore you're not looking at the screen, therefore I need to talk more. And I think we're going to see an even more conversational Siri um, that reads the news, that gives you details about music, that basically, like Alexa, is able to hold longer conversations and to make sure that you're not looking at the phone to perform some actions. And I think especially because of the AirPods, we will see this kind of new, deeper Siri uh, interactions, longer conversations, fewer interface elements, and less uh, need to take out your phone and look at the Siri interface. That's a really good and very specific pick. So you fit the bill perfectly. Yay. Uh, Steven, I will allow you to go next. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'm being very kind today. Very kind. Uh, I'm going to say that instead of a edge-to-edge unicorn iPhone, we are going to see an iPhone that looks more or less the way the 7 and 7 Plus looks. Mm. That this cycle will get an S and that we will have four years of more or less the same uh, the same chassis design. Hmm. I don't like this prediction. Well, it's going to be true. So Mike, uh, Mike is not happy, Stephen. No, okay. I really, I really, I'm concerned about that idea that we will. What would it be the the fourth iteration of yes, this design? Four. Fourth. Um, that is that would be concerning to me, honestly. Like if we went out this year with with the fourth iteration of this design, like they would be having to pack some serious features into the phone for that for me to kind of feel cool about that you know mm-hmm. like it just and again, oh, i don't it, like the idea but no, i think no, it's no. gonna happen <laughs> right right i'm not this is just to make this very clear we are not advocating for these things they're they're just things that we believe yeah. may be true but you know it would just be like it would just it, i think it would just feel bad like when when other companies are making new phone designs whether you like them or not like there are different things happening um, it would it would be concerning to me if if we had um, a four or five phone with the same design. 
Um, I would I would wonder what was happening at Cupertino, honestly, if because this is the most valuable product, and people like new and fresh designs, mm. and new designs allow for new features, right? Um, yep. And and it it would be a, a shame. It would be. It, I agree with you. It would be a shame, but uh, uh, I'd love to be wrong, but I just have this feeling uh, that this is uh, how it's going to play out. What about you, Mike? What what is your first round pick? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go weird with this one just from what I'm saying. I believe that 2017 will give birth to a more powerful iMac, mm. making the need for the Mac Pro to go away. Whoa! And, and Apple phases out the Mac Pro. Whoa! Uh, I, I can imagine I can imagine now some people marching towards your house. <laughs> Burn, burning, burning posters of IMAX, and you know, just if Apple was able to to pack in, uh, like I don't know, like six, twelve, eighteen cores into the iMac in a way that made sense. At that point, why even bother? Like the Mac Pro is not expandable, realistically anymore. It is just a cylinder that you attach a screen to. So I really see a world where they just say, well, we don't need this anymore. We'll just make the iMac more powerful and then just sell one machine and it's just really expensive. And I understand the issues of like the screen dying and like, you know, a Mac Pro will last longer than a screen, right? You you can replace the screen and keep the computer the same. But when's the last time an iMac screen died four years in? Like that that feels that feels old school. I agree with that idea, but like I can I can imagine there being concern from people from that, right? Um, or like if screen technology improves, well, you can't do anything about it, even though your the the machines, the guts of your machine don't improve at as quick a rate. But whatever. That's what I think is going to happen, because I think I, I genuinely think that it, it it doesn't make sense for Apple to continue with both of these lines. I just don't think it makes them the money that they want. So a good way to kind of keep everyone happy would be to try and find a way to make the iMac more powerful than the Mac Pro, right? Like, I don't I don't know enough about how you do this stuff, but it just seems like the right option to me. Like, even if, like, this one had a slightly different design, right, that maybe it was a bit thicker, um, I still think it would make more sense for them in the long run to, to find a way to make that work than to continue trying to, to keep both of these product lines going. Um, and also from an innovation perspective as well. Like I think that they, if they had all their focus on one desktop Mac, like and also with this, the Mac Mini goes away as well. Like there is just the iMac. Like that's all there's going to be. So are you adding that to your prediction, the Mac Mini is going away? Mm. That makes your prediction. That's, you said it. All right, keep it in. The Mac Mini. Also, I'm typing this out. Also, this is why you got to cut those predictions quick because you end up talking yourself yeah, into a corner. Yeah, you talked yourself into a big corner, and you took one of mine. One of mine was going to be the Mac Mini is uh, end of life. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm now gonna say because I'm gonna go wild with this that by the end of 2017 there is one desktop Mac and it's the iMac. Wow, wow, that's intense, man. Because this is right. This is the thing. If nothing happens, whatever. But if this does happen, <laughs> right? This is this is what Mike was right was founded on. Wild wild speculation that could turn out to be true. <laughs> You're just digging your just digging your own grave, Mike. I'm fine with that. Okay. So so round one we have Siri getting better at kit verbal communication, not making you look at the screen. 
We have the iPhone 7S and 7S Plus looking like the 7 and 7 Plus. And we have Mike killing all the desktop Macs except the iMac and potentially potentially, uh, what what we would dub a more powerful high-end iMac. You know the Steve Jobs grid. In Mike's version, it's just a square. It's just, yeah. just a circle, and it's got one pro in the middle. In the middle, just iMac. Uh. But, no, but then it goes back into the square, because there will still be laptops. Sure, right? that's right. Yeah, that's I, right. I feel like I went too far. Uh, I wish I could walk it back, but it's too late now. But it's in the Google Doc, and it's going to be in my note to revisit in December of this year. Um so round two, I get to go first because we are round robbing our predictions, which is very confusing. Uh, so I got a bunch of stuff here. Like I said, you took the Mac Mini will get dropped, so I'm scratching that off my page. Um, I am going to go with uh, I'm going to talk about iCloud uh, and in particular the the storage limitations of iCloud. And I'm going to say that 2017 is the year where we see the five gigabyte free plan finally get updated. Oh, I'm not going to say good, to what, that's, a good that's too one. specific. Yeah. But I think it's time, I think Apple is going to do it. I think they have the capacity to increase that that five gigabyte free plan to something something bigger. That's a good one, I agree, yeah. They build another floor on top of the North Carolina data center. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what it would take. I miss that place, you know. Yeah, I think it's time. So, uh, so that's that's my round two prediction. Now, uh, now, Mike, you you just burned a lot of bridges in round one. All right, so maybe you should Mike, go conservative this time. No. Try not to upset a thousand other people. I'm not going conservative. I have made the, I have a I have a small list of predictions here, and I've decided I'm going for the wildest of them all. Oh God! I'm just trying to provide some balance. So my second is that there will be an iPhone Pro which gains Apple Pencil support. This was a rumored product. I think it is a product that is worth moving forward with. Um, I think that the uh, Apple pe- there will be two Apple pencils that, that will be available before the end of the year. There will be the standard large one and a smaller one, and the smaller one will be used by the iPhone and the iPad mini. Uh, I'm doing it again. I don't know why I keep doing this. Um, but yeah, I think that there will be a uh, an iPhone Pro which which has Apple Pencil support. And if Stephen's prediction is true, then this will help make that sellable, right? That hmm. There will be there will be something in the iPhone line which is which is new, and it is the iPhone Pro which has Apple Pencil support, and I'm sure some other features. But I'm not going to even think about what they might be because I can't go any further into this right now yeah wow that's uh it's interesting i um i wrote a thing for federico about you know uh, pencil support on trackpads like how it'd be nice to have that input on the mac but i see the same case being built for the phone i mean they have the software there on the ipad um it's kind of there in ios and i agree with you it, it would it could make a another year of the same case design a little more palatable to people so um yeah, that's really it's really interesting. Well, what about you, Federico? What's up? All right. Um, my second prediction is Apple Music is going to be redesigned again and it will gain more Spotify-like algorithmic features. And especially, I expect Apple to provide a solution to two aspects of listening to music based on um, algorithmic recommendations. Uh, an Apple version of the Spotify Daily Mix 
which is an easy way to just start listening to something you like, um, and a way to discover back catalog songs from artists you don't know. Man, you are pulling a mic on this prediction. <laughs> yes. Basically, I as- it's very simple. I expect Apple to redesign Apple Music again and to copy Daily Mix and Discover Weekly. Yep. That's it. And back catalog songs from artists that you well, don't... Discover- that's Discover Weekly. Right, um, okay. Back catalog songs from artists you don't know. All right. That's, it's actually quite simple. What does a redesign of Apple Music mean, though? I don't, I don't mean as drastic of a change as last year, uh, but still significant enough to be called a redesign. So it's visually different as well, again? Not, a, not as drastic as <laughs> iOS 8 to uh, iOS uh-huh. 9 to iOS 10, but... Let's call it, I don't know, Apple. If this is Apple Music 2.0, Apple Music 2.5. So it's going to focus more on additional features as opposed to a new user interface. Yeah, but yes, but also, you know, like a lot of, still a lot of visual changes, the same underlying structure. So you can look at it and see, okay, it it is Apple Music, but it's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Like when you go from Tweetbot in iOS 6 to Tweetbot in iOS 7. Right, it's the same structure, but you can see that it's different. Right, um, the elements were still in the same place, but the graphics were all new. Because I think there's a lot of things that don't work in Apple Music. Uh, the information density is all wrong. There's no easy way to see the progress of a song in the in the now playing widget. Uh, getting to the shuffle controls, even with iOS 10.2, is still too difficult for a lot of people. There's a bunch of things to fix and to improve. So I feel like a significant redesign is needed. And I also feel like Apple knows that it's behind Spotify in terms of algorithmic features. And I feel like they want to do them. And I think we're going to see them. All right. So is it me next? Yes, you lead round three. And I I honestly am a little nervous. (laughs) All right. Because I'm going big. I'm going big to go home. All right. All right. Hit us. Hit us. (laughs) In 2017, we will see some element of an AR-focused device from Apple. Tim Cook's... I'm going to cut you off before you say anything crazy. Tim Cook has been talking about this for years. Like, they talked about sensors and stuff. Yeah, I'm saying nothing more, but I think that there will be something which is... It's it's alternate reality. Augmented. Augmented reality. (laughs) Alternate okay. reality. Alternate reality. <laughs> we will see an alternate reality device from Apple. Your other picks are an alternate reality device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think augmented reality by the end of the year in some form. And and it is purely because Tim won't shut up about it, right? Like every time somebody talks about VR, he's like, well, what about AR? This is Tim. Yeah. Um, huh. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that that might be... Again, so I, I, the only the only addition that I will make is just that this could help the September announcement, right? If there is something mm-hmm. here, uh, if the iPhone is gonna see no no change, and there have been rumors that are that right, saying that like the body's gonna be the same, but we're gonna get a red one. Um, if that sort of stuff is true, then then that might help this out. So there you go. There's my three really wild picks. So to go big, just as Mike did for the final prediction, 
<laughs> I'm gonna say what I had, what I originally had as an extra, if possible, if allowed by the by the rules. You can, yeah, your picks they can be wherever you want them to be. Okay, so my third prediction is we're gonna see an executive shakeup in the Mac and iOS teams. Some kind of major change to reorganize Whoa. the way that the Mac, Mac OS and iOS are uh, organized and, and developed inside Apple. So I don't know. I don't have any details, of course. It's just my <laughs> idea. <laughs> just, a, just a prediction. of We're going to see some changes in terms of uh, how the teams are structured, uh, you know, who's responsible and whatnot. So I think we're going to see that. That would be exciting. It would be, I'd be okay with that uh, if, it, if it meant certain things. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to play defense against Mike with my final pick. Uh, I did have the Mac mini would be in, uh, you know, see an end of life in 2017. Uh, but I also had that the Mac pro will have a redesign in 2017. Oh, I God. think, I think that it is still for sale for a reason. And I think that the, you, you said it yourself, the cylinder design doesn't work really. So I have a 5K iMac, just like you do, Mike, and I can upgrade the RAM in it. And that's it. Now on the Mac Pro, to be fair, you can do the RAM and you can do the SSD, um, but you can't do anything else. You can't put cards in it. You can't put extra, hmm. you know, more than the two drive slots, you can't do anything like that. So uh, I'm not saying they're going to go back to a tower. I don't know what this looks like, but I think that the cylinder design has proven, um, too limiting for pros, and I think the whole idea of like building around dual GPUs, and you're gonna you're gonna use the GPUs for your apps, and then you know you're gonna do math problems really fast. Like that just hasn't happened, and I think that it was a uh, a bold try to push computing uh, on the Mac in that direction, and it hasn't worked. And they need to realign it with what people actually want and need. And so I'm gonna say for my last pick, redesigned Mac Pro. That's it. Do we want to do some extras? Now, the extra picks, um, I would like to institute another rule here, considering oh, that this is now um, a competition, I guess. Uh, I would say they can't hurt you, but they they can't help you. Oh, you're saying say they that? can help? I was going to say no points. I would yeah. say that if you get an extra right, then it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's just see what happens. I we would can, say no we'll... points, because okay, so, you didn't right. feel it was enough to give it a round one, two, or three, right? So That's a good point. You, you didn't have enough confidence in it. Or okay. at least, you know, you weren't going for it. So I, I will start with my extra. I have one. And it's okay. one that I actually think is more likely to happen than any of the things that I picked. Yeah. I think we each pick one. I think we just have each have one. All right. So All right. my extra, uh, I, I think that will definitely happen. But I wanted to go wild. Uh, a 10.9 inch bezel-less iPad Pro. Okay. And I, I think that there is a lot of smoke around this fire, and uh, I have the the reason that I think that that we may see it kind of again. I keep going to this, but leads into what Stephen was saying. So, if we have an iPhone design that doesn't change, one way for Apple to prove that they are still able to do this stuff, but for whatever reason the iPhone won't change, is that they can point to the iPad and show that they have a bezels device, indicating yeah. that this is a design that will come to the iPhone in the future. That's one trend of it. The other is, this is just where all the devices are going this year, and the iPhone will be the same. 
Um, but I, I think that the iPad may get it first because it may actually be easier to do with a bigger device because you have more space under the rest of the screen to fit everything in. Um, so that, I, I think that it will happen, um, but I, I wanted to... I'm in a bit of a crazy mood today, so I wanted to, to go a bit wild mm-hmm. with, my, with my actual predictions. Are, are we sure we cannot have two extras? You can have another extra because yeah, you're not scoring sure. on it, so why not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so why don't you go with one, and then I'll go, and you go with your second. All right. So I'm gonna go with um, in iOS 10.3, split view is gonna be redesigned, and when you swipe down to change apps, you're not gonna see the vertical tray anymore. You're gonna see the home screen, so you can find all your apps and. Put whatever you want next to another so one. So it's going to be straight up replication of your home screens. Yes. Like in portrait mode. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I would Steven? like that. I, could, I, I <laughs> hope that they do that. <laughs> uh, mine is also iPad related. Um, I'm not going to marry... Well, I guess I can't. There's no point. So I'm not going to marry myself to a release number. Uh, but I'm going to say that the multi-user support that we saw in 9.3 for education that we see that available to uh, the masses mm. in one way or another. So mm. multi-user support on iPad, something that I've wanted for a long time as a, a, as a, as a dad with, with, you know, two older kids who share an iPad, it's a real pain. And uh, I think it's time. All right. So my final extra is we're going to see new iPad accessories from Apple that combine uh, a keyboard or a case with an Apple Pencil holder. So there's going to be an integrated solution from Apple to have a keyboard and protection and a pencil all together in the same accessory. That would be nice. I mean, I use that, yeah. but Logitech makes yeah. it. Yes, exactly. It's true. Yeah, I, I still think that even if Apple did it, maybe Logitech's version, next version would still be better just because they have different ideas of what the keyboard's going to be, you know? But uh, we'll see. I mean, I like the backlit keyboard and the clicky keys, and and I don't think that Apple's keyboard would be that. I think it would just be the smart keyboard, right? Because they want to keep it thin and light. Mm -hmm. But it would still be cool, though. Maybe for the big one, because the big Logitech Create is a monster. Yeah. I was just trying it again the other other day, and it's just so So bulky. It's just so so much. But the little one is fantastic. All right, so that's it. We'll, we'll check back on this. I guess, you know, maybe throughout the year, if things happen and we remember them, we can touch on them. But otherwise, um, towards the end of the year, we will uh, we will assess um, how wrong I was and look at how right the other guys might be. There you go. This week's episode is brought to you as well by our friends at Squarespace. Enter the offer code WORLD at checkout, W-O-R-L-D, and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea, that big project that you've got on the horizon, that thing that's been borrowed away in your brain that you really just want to get out there. And with a unique domain, award-winning templates and more, you'll have all of the tools that you need 
Maybe you want to create an online store to sell those enamel pins that you've been thinking about having made. Or maybe you want to create a portfolio of your artwork so you can display it for a potential job, a design job in the future. Or maybe you want to create a blog to spread your wild predictions about Apple products out into the world. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that can let you do just that, some of it, or all of it. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace have got you covered. They also have you covered with support. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support in case you need anything. They have the ability to let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, and you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. Squarespace isn't necessarily just for you either. If you have people in your life that you know want to start projects or you know you, you want to help somebody out with a website that they've been, you know, someone's been bugging you, they have this little thing that they want to get started, but they're not sure how to get it started. Maybe you should just give them a Squarespace account or at least help them set up with a free trial. Then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code WORLD. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. That's W-O-R-L-D for 10% off. Thank you to Squarespace for their support of Connected and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So we are going full on first episode of the year today. We've made predictions for the year and we're also now going to take a moment to talk about some New Year's technology resolutions um, inspired by the fact that Stephen made a great YouTube video. <laughs> Thank you. It's my favorite of your YouTube videos because it really made me laugh a lot. Uh, you should go and watch it. Um, Stephen has a very weird way of outlining and outlining his technology predictions for the year. I will not spoil it. Uh, but Stephen, what are your actual uh, things that you're trying to do in technology this year? So, so mine aren't so much uh, about technology itself, but how how I could use it in some some different projects. Um, and the first, the biggest one is taking a photo a day in 2017. So sometimes these are called Project 365s. I've done three of them. I did one in 2008, one in 2009, and then one, I believe, in 2013, I think is my last one. Um, it is super difficult to take a picture a day. Like by the time you get to March, you've run out of ideas. But it's really like creatively challenging to to get out and take a photo Um the first couple of years I did it, it was like what made that day special. Uh, this year, I'm not really holding myself to a theme like that. I just want to have a photo processed and posted every day. So I'm taking it with either my iPhone or either two of my cameras. I have a Sony RX100 and then a Canon 70D. It doesn't matter what what camera I take it on. I can take it with my iPad if I want. Um, but just having a little story about the day. I'm sharing them on Instagram and uh, a photo website called 500px. I still have a Flickr account, but I just can't bring myself to put anything on it. In fact, I'm probably going to end up closing that account relatively soon because I don't want that content going to whoever is going to own Yahoo. But um, so sharing a photo uh, every day. As far as editing, I'm being conservative. Uh, if I shoot with my real, my quote-unquote real cameras, I'm shooting in RAW, so I'm using Photoshop to edit. I'm saving them all in photos with iCloud Photo Library, having them everywhere. Um so, you know, that, that's not really like a technology resolution, but it's one that will use technology uh, every single day and uh, using, you know, learning my cameras, uh, understanding them better, understanding what I can do with them better uh, is something I'm looking forward to. Um, 
really the second one is being kind of online less. And so most of the time, if I'm sitting at, uh, down at my desk, like I'm right now, Tweetbot is open on the left, you know, fourth of my screen. And that's just been that way forever. I mean, you know, coming up on a decade now, we've had Twitter and Twitter clients. And that's something that I'm trying to uh, to, to dial back. Uh, I'm not leaving Twitter. I'm not taking a uh, sabbatical like some people have. Mike, I know you tried that last year, and I think that you learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine isn't going to be that extreme, but sort of dialing it back. So if I'm if I'm at work and I'm and, and I'm doing something, if I'm recording a show or I'm editing or if I'm doing bookkeeping, um, not having Tweetbot open. Just it scrolls in the background. I don't need to see it. Um, and when I do have it open, I've implemented Quitter, which is an application by our friend Marco. Um, a lot, of, lots of apps do this. You can basically tell Quitter, "Hey, um, after set number of minutes, after five minutes, uh, hi Tweetbot or quit Slack." You can tell it to do a bunch of different things, and so kind of making this stuff go away if I'm not actively using it. Just being less passively on Twitter is something that I think is going to be good and will make the inevitability that Twitter goes out of business easier for me to stomach. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, so those those are my those are my two things. You know, as far as like set up a process. I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I feel pretty set in my ways in the way that I that I work and the hardware and software that I use. Uh, it's not to say that I'm not experimenting and trying new things, but my workflows feel really solid and I don't really want to rock the boat there much with with what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So it's more about just kind of how I, inter- I interact with it as a person and not so much about the technology itself. In 2017, I want to give myself more time um, just in general, I just want time back and we're thinking about ways to do that uh, from logistically as a business, but there's also some things I think I can do with my workflows to allow me to do this. And I had decided that um, my technology workflow theme for the year is to be more like Federico. <laughs> that is that is my theme. And this, this theme takes a few different pillars. One is switching to Todoist. And I have been threatening to do this for what feels like a million weeks now. Um, do it. I'm going to do it. But to do it, I need to sit and manually write out everything because there's no easy way to switch that I can find. Um, I'm using OmniFocus right now. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. One of them ties into everything else. It's that the fact that I'm able to... Um, automate my task manager in some way things can get posted to it from calendar events i can speak to my echo and have it dictate things into there Um, i was recently traveling when i arrived in a different time zone it asked if i wanted to switch all of the times for me which was just like a hallelujah moment so that my uh my my tasks aren't triggering at 5 a.m because it's in the local time zone they would be triggering trickling triggering at the correct time zone in the correct time (laughs) That is what I want. In the right time. <laughs> tickling tickle in me. the right time zone. <laughs> it will tickle me in the right time zone. Um, part of this will also be then switching some of my calendars to Google Calendar so I can integrate them with Todoist. So that will be an interesting thing to do. I don't think I'm going to switch everything, but I may switch my kind of podcast recordings calendar to Google Calendar so they can trigger into Todoist to, to, to alert me that I need to edit a show, which is one of the main things that I'm excited about. Uh, I want to get into time tracking because I feel like that the time tracking will help the whole thing if I'm trying to get more time back to understand what are the areas I put too much time into. So that's mm-hmm. something I want to look into this year. And then automation because automation will help me 
with all of these things. So bringing together things into Todoist and, and time tracking and all that stuff. So looking into Zapier and workflow a bit more. I feel like it's time to try and get some of these apps to work for me uh, rather than me working for them. Yeah, it's good. Federico, will you be my personal coach? I can be your um, your muse, Mike, mm. <laughs> if you want. Mm, yeah, okay. The, yeah. the time tracking one is interesting. I did a lot of that when I first started out as an, as an indie person, um, I guess now, uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, and for me, it was really important just to understand that, you know, how much time I was spending and making sure that it was roughly equivalent to how much money I was making in these different areas. And after about six months, I, I sort of slowly dropped it as I understood my workflow and kind of how things were going. Um, and recently, uh, you know, Federico, I know you've been doing this uh, with Toggle, which is a really nice uh, app and web service to do, to do time tracking. Yeah. Um, oh, their Mac app is not very good, but uh, they don't have an iPad app. But uh, <laughs> I, I set that up, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago and started tracking my time again. And very quickly felt like it wasn't helpful, like that it was um, sort of forcing me to work in chunks. I know, uh, Mike, you and Gray have talked a lot about this on Cortex, that he works in like these big, whatever it is, 40-minute chunks. And I really um, don't work that way. Uh, Maybe it's that I have too much going on, but I, I try to be responsive to certain things. So if certain types of emails come in or certain types of problems come up, I drop what I'm doing to go to work on those. So part of that is just running the type of business that we run. Like Relay does have emergencies sometimes. And uh, and so I felt the time tracking was really, like really stressful. Like I didn't enjoy what I was learning from it. In the couple of weeks I was doing it, I learned basically that my, my pie chart is basically how it's been, that I wasn't really surprised by anything in there. Uh, so I dropped it again. And so I'm, I'm very curious. I want to come back to this and I want, Federico, especially when you hear how you're doing it um, on iOS, I think this is a whole topic we need to get into. But it really jumped out at me that you and I both, Mike, you and I both talked about this like in December, and I kind of jumped into it for a while and um, really didn't like it. Like it really felt hamstrung in my work, and so have backed out of it. But uh, we can we can touch base on that again, uh, maybe uh, maybe later this month. All right, so my my New Year's resolutions are really not about tech. Um, and I feel like last year, 2016, I went through a lot of changes, both from a technological perspective for the tools that we use and the services that we use at MacStories, and also in terms of staff, you know, writers and new people. And I feel like this year I want to relax more, delegate more, sleep more. Those are the most important things that I want to do. I want to find a better balance. I want to put the uh, the tools that I have to good use and I want to have more presence from other writers on Mac Stories. Which is not to say that I don't want to write anymore. In fact, I want to do less management and I want to do more writing. And I feel like if I can find a better balance, I can relax more, have a better sleep schedule, I can get to, you know, I can write more often, more stories, more reviews, and basically not do a repeat of last year, which was more about setting up the infrastructure for the club, for Mac Stories, uh, you know, all those other things. 
That said, I also want to exer- exercise at least four times a week, which is you know a goal that I that I you know that I'm trying to uh, I've been trying to 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 complete for the past couple of weeks before I left for vacation and then I got sick. Um, so I'm I'm trying to you know to to assemble a kind of home gym you know with a bunch of equipment and try to exercise at least four times a week i think that would be good for me and in terms of in terms of you know professional resolutions i guess one of my one of the the areas where i should improve is i need to read and i need to participate in more stories about apple that are not necessarily inside my usual area of interest. So I want to read, I want to understand more stories about Apple and about Apple users that are not about iOS and people who use iOS. I feel like um, I'm, I've focused on iOS so much, uh, it's easy to lose perspective about what other types of Apple users, uh, the, what their problems are, who they are and how they're using Apple devices because this is my my job. I have a website about Apple and I don't want to live in an echo chamber that is all about iOS. I don't plan on switching from iOS, but I feel like it'd be healthy for me to listen and read and understand different stories. And on that line, I'm also going to add, this is something that I probably do once a year and and I, and I, and I think I, it'd be good for me to do it more often I want to use more Apple services uh, for longer periods of time uh, in the past year I, I switched to a lot of third-party services like Spotify for example um, and I think it'd be good for me to try Apple music again to try Apple news um, to try Siri uh, more. Uh, to use more HomeKit devices, to understand better the kind of new ecosystem that Apple is building. Because I think uh, just like it was good for me to dip my toes into third-party services and see what's outside my usual sphere of coverage, I think it'd be good now to see again what Apple has done with iOS 10, what they're doing with Siri, what they're doing with services. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of gain this new Apple perspective uh, this year. But uh, I'm, I, I'm really excited about relaxing more and sleeping more, honestly. I wish you the best of luck in that, man. Yeah, thank you. I will try. <laughs> it's tricky. It's, it's tricky. Like... You know, like listening to you talk about those things and you're kind of like one part is like I want to bring more people in and delegate more and then the other part is like I want to write more and I'm not no, sure. No more, no more people, no okay. more people. Well, like, you know, the idea of, 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 of less management, more yes. delegation and I, I'm, I'm interested to see if that's going to work out for you. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's tricky for me because I like to control every little aspect of my business and i don't plan to change that but my idea is with the with the structure now in place i don't have to think about the structure anymore i don't have to do the setup again basically mm-hmm. it's like setting up a new gadget once it's set up you just need to keep using it and so if max stories is my iphone now i just need to keep using it because i did the setup last year 
that's the idea. Good luck, man. <laughs> Thank you. Not that I don't think you can do it, but like it's it's hard. I know. You know? I know. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that that's wrapped it up, right? We're all feeling uh, like we're going into a brand new year with predictions in our pocket and resolutions in our hearts. Uh, if you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash connected slash one, two, three show notes maker. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Casper and Squarespace. If you want to find Federico online, go to maxstories.net or find him at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen is at 5tallpixels.net and he is at ISMH on Twitter. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.